Do you, you have, have enough, enough faith, faith to get, get to heaven? heaven? Hey guys, welcome back to People of the Way podcast. This is Dylan. And this is Dylan. And we are D Squared. Hey guys, we are super blessed to have our fellow brother in Christ here, Cody. He also runs a podcast called Faith Growth Podcast. Check that out. Solid stuff. And because he has a podcast named Faith Growth Podcast, what better topic to talk about today than faith? So we're going to get into that. Um, as always, you can look, at, look us up on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We also have the email, peopleofthewayzero four zero seven at gmail.com. And without further ado, we're going to get, we're going to jump into this topic of faith. Uh, personally, we're going to start off in Hebrews eleven um, because it, it gives us the definition of what faith is. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So what, what is faith? It is the assurance of something that we don't quite see, but we, we believe it anyway. That's what we, it's what we see in the Lord. We don't have a clear-cut, hey, Jesus is real, and all, all this is just, you know, we, we don't have true knowledge, but we have faith that he does, that he does exist, that he, that he gave his life as a ransom for our sins, and that drives us to live a life filled with bringing him glory. Uh, if we move into, and I think you guys should have something to really add to this concept, uh, in Romans ver, uh, chapter 10, verse 17, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Um, when we look at that, we, we see an idea of how do we grow in faith. Well, it comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. So it seems like, as we kind of discussed in our last, our last podcast, that if you want to build your faith, there's a few things that you need to do, but one of them is it's by the word of Christ and, and studying that and looking at that and, 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 and hearing that and almost speaking it to yourself. It grows your faith because, again, it's not that you're having faith because when you look at the word faith, it's just to trust something. It's not that you're, it's not the faith itself that saves you. It's the faith in the thing that saves you or the someone. So it's the faith in Jesus and his sacrifice that saves you. Trust in of itself means nothing because if, if you're trusting yourself for your salvation, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. But if you're trusting God who sent a sacrifice for you, then it means everything. Or if you're trusting in, in your, your works for your salvation, mm-hmm. you're also not doing good because we obviously can't do anything to earn that eternal salvation ourselves. Mm-hmm. And there's really, there's two aspects of faith that I think are important to consider. There's faith for salvation. There's faith in salvation for what you want God to do for you. You know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 on what Dylan said is, you know, you're saved by grace through faith, not of your own works, lest any man should boast, but it's a free gift of God and salvation. And you're saved and set apart for doing good works uh, unto God. And it's important that, first off, if you're not born again, that you trust, again, not in the things that you can do to merit everlasting life, but rather understand your need for a Savior so that you can trust Jesus for that. But under the context of Romans 10, in regards to faith comes by hearing and hearing by word of, uh, by the word of Christ, most Christians I talk to are struggling with faith in something to come into fruition in their life versus having faith um, in God's existence. I'll, I'll hit the faith in God's existence really short, and then I'll, we can go on to the other thing in a moment. But Faith in God's existence, if you're struggling with that, the first question I would ask you is, where are you at in regards to reading scripture and actually knowing God? If you're not somebody who's reading scripture, then you don't know the word, so obviously you don't have faith. That's like you saying, hey, I want to be a doctor and I want to be really, really schooled in, in knowing about um, you know, how to do heart surgery. And then me asking you, where did you go to college? And you go, oh, well, I've never gone to college. 
Or well, never studied for it. Right. Yeah, right. It's like, well, obviously you're going to struggle with being able to do a heart surgery in that place. Or you're going to die. Yeah, right. <laughs> and same thing with us spiritually, right? Is if you aren't well schooled and well understanding, and I, I shouldn't use the word school because that has a negative connotation with it, but if you're not well understanding scripture, then it makes sense why you wouldn't. I wouldn't have any faith in God either if I didn't know anything about him. If you're asking me to trust something that I know nothing about, It'd be very difficult for me as well. So I'd encourage you, first, read Scripture. Second off, spend time on your knees in prayer. Amen. Uh, and then thirdly, I would encourage you to really study apologetics because some people have serious intellectual questions that they have to ask. Things like, uh, well, how do I know that uh, this is the right God? How do I know that a God exists in the first place? How do I know that Jesus Christ is God? Those questions are learned through apologetics, and you can watch plenty of different awesome YouTube people um, for the answers to those questions. Second part is your faith in God to do something in your life. This is something that is extremely difficult for a lot of Christians. And uh, I, well, I'd venture to say 100% of Christians are all in the same boat, that we all want to trust God for something, but we're sometimes not seeing something come into fruition. So Dylan, do you want to kind of hit on, on that aspect? Right. I think um, a lot of the times, it's funny, you said Dylan, and we're both... I know. I, was, I, thought, <laughs> I, thought, I knew you were starting to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's interesting <laughs> when we look at that... Um, we do struggle with this concept of faith in our lives because I, what I've seen a lot, honestly, in my personal life and in and, and conversation with people is people, and this is crazy to me, but people have faith for other people. Yeah. I see that a lot. I see, well, I have faith that God can move in their life, but not in my, own my life. life. Right. Yeah. And I think personally, I think that that comes from a place of not realizing the value that God, that the Lord has placed on your life by the sacrifice that's been made for you and not believing in it, not, not, not putting enough faith in that sacrifice. Because again, it's hard to, it's hard to ask something in faith and especially if it doesn't come true, because again, right. not everything that we ask in faith, even if you fully believe happens right. and it's, and it's hard for people to comprehend because they're, they're like, well, it says if I ask it in faith, like it, it, it's good. And it's like, that's, not entirely what that means. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it really hinders people's faith because they're like, well, I prayed when I was 12 and my cat still died. So, like, right. um, God, God must not answer prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, I, I see this with other people. Like, it's personally, it's a lot easier for me to have faith for Cody mm-hmm. than it is for, for myself. Um, because I can go, man, I know that God's going to work in his situation, but then I, and people are like, what about your situation? Like, why don't you pray for your, your knee? And I'm like, well, you know, yeah. and then I think it like comes from a point of, we don't want to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be, um, surprised if something doesn't, doesn't come through. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, and I, I, I struggle with that a lot personally, just yeah. growing in your faith and being like, I know that God can do it. Right. Yeah, just to add to that, um, I, I know a lot of people like to use that scripture, Matthew 21 through, uh, tw- oh, Matthew 21, 21 through 22. Um, it says, truly I, truly, I tell you, if you have faith and know, and do not doubt, not only can you do what is done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Well, the thing is there is, like you said, sometimes we don't get what we ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because it's important to to try to test the spirits there and make sure that what you're asking for is God's will. And his will is obviously greater than ours. So, And um, it's, it's also important to, to note regarding that is when we ask for things, even if in, if you, even if in their, their faith, I think we get this idea that God just doesn't, like, doesn't answer prayers. Right. Frankly, I believe that God answers every prayer. Just not the way that we think. Yeah. Because we know he hears them. Right. 
So sometimes it's a no, sometimes it's a maybe, sometimes it's not, not right now, and sometimes it's a yes. But the important thing that we need to realize, again, who is it that we have faith in? It's a God and a Heavenly Father that Scripture says His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So let me ask you a question. Do you have enough faith that's in God and your Heavenly Father that says, even if He tells me no, I have enough faith to say that it was probably for a good reason? Yeah. Most of the time we don't. I've been in that boat. I've prayed. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, why was, why was that a no? And yeah. we have to have enough faith via trust. Well, we can say trust, faith, it's interchangeable. We have to have enough trust in him to say, he probably, it's probably for a good reason. If Lucas was wanting to ride his bike down a really steep hill and you told him no, um, chances are um, he'd be a little mad, but you know what could happen if he does that. Mm-hmm. He's going to be disappointed, but again, you can foresee where that will take yeah. him. And, and, you, and he has to have enough trust in you to say, I know that he has my best interest at heart. Yeah, and, and it's important to consider as well that when it comes to faith, a lot of times we get what we're expecting in faith. Um, it's, it's really, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and what I mean by that is if I believe that, for example, uh, God could uh, heal you but not heal me, if I believe that in my mind, even if I'm not going to verbalize that, right. I'm going to pray for you. So the statistic likelihood of him getting healed versus me is way greater because I'm expecting him to get healed and I'm praying for him to get healed. Where in my life, I get exactly what I had faith in, which was I'm not going to be healed. But a lot of times it has to do with the fact that I wasn't even believing enough to even do the prayer in the first place. So there's an aspect of self-fulfilling prophecy there that uh, we do simply by our actions of saying, uh, I'm either going to do something or really act on it or not. That's kind of one side of it. The other side of it, James 1 mentions that if we ask something in faith, that we will receive it. But if we ask in doubt, then we should not expect to receive anything because we're like the seas that are tossed to and fro by the waves, yep. uh, or by the wind, excuse me. You're, you should expect not to receive anything. But in context, it says, but if you believe, uh, and you, or excuse me, not if you believe, it says, if you ask God for wisdom uh, because you lack it, he will give it to you without measure. So uh, I think that, that faith oftentimes is so painfully as simple as just asking God for more of it because it's his character and in his nature and in his heart to give you more of it. And if we read at the beginning of that passage, because it's important to read in context, scripture is talking about bad things happening in your life and that we should consider pure joy in the midst of the trials and tribulations that we're going through. And if you think about it in your life, the times where you're having faith in something to happen is almost always wrapped up in a circumstance in your life not going well. And then after it is when it says all this stuff about lacking wisdom, asking for it, and it'll be given to you, as well as if you lack faith, that you should not expect to receive anything because you're going to be constantly tossed to and fro. So it's important that when you are going through something, that it doesn't change your faith in an unchanging God. Because oftentimes it's very easy for us to do that, where just because our circumstances are changing, we put that on God and expect God to be changing now all of a sudden as well. No, no, no. God stays the same, and our trust in Him should stay the same in the midst of our circumstances going up and up and down. should even grow. Yes. Like, and that's interesting, and I think we've used this before, but like, what, what is going to build your faith more? Everything just going great in your life, and nothing ever going wrong, and, and you're just floating through life. You don't have to have a lot of trust in the Lord no. for things to go right. The moments that really grow your faith are the moments where you are going through the thick of it and 
the God is there, like He always is, right. and He's lifting you up and He's carrying you through the through these issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a good example of that um, of just faith and and trust in the Lord is um, when when Jesus was praying just before He was crucified. Um, he asked the Lord that if it's possible for him to take this cup away from him, but he said, nevertheless, let your will be done. Yeah. And then he went and went through that hard time because he trusted in what God had, what trusted in the Lord and had faith in him. So yeah. I think that's just an important illustration for that. Yeah. I have, I have a joke that I say to my friends all the time, which it's, it's half joking, but they know I'm half serious. And that's when, when somebody's going through something like, you know, Dylan's, uh, this Dylan, sorry, uh, is, is going through, you know, like, dude, my job's been really rough this week and all this stuff. You know, I always make this joke where I say, oh, yeah, well, it builds character. And, yes, it's a joke, but it's actually extremely biblical right. as well uh, on, on the point that this Dylan made earlier. Uh, is in, Ro- in context of Romans 5, it says, Romans 5, 3, it says, And not only this, but we exult, meaning like praising God, in our tribulations, knowing that that tribulation brings forth perseverance. Yep. The perseverance, proven character, and the proven character, hope. Hope is, again, it's, it's a trust in something to happen in the future. It's, it's an expectant trust. Yes. And it says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. For, for while we were helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Nice. So Amen. consider Amen. that in the midst of all of the stuff that you're going through, it's refining you so that on the other side of it, that you look more like Christ. Think about coffee beans for a second, as odd as that sounds. When I know, right? Speaking of, of trial and tribulations, think of coffee beans. Um, if I had a coffee bean, just a single bean here, and I asked you to drink it, that would not be at all desirable, uh, or even to eat it, that would be disgusting. But if we ground the coffee up, mash the coffee down, and put extremely hot water through it, all this and pressure on it as well, all of a sudden you have a great tasting cup of coffee. And similarly to our Christian walks, we are not going to be nice and perfect and pretty without trials and tribulations going on in our lives. But through the packing of life and the heat that's brought to us and all the grinding and frustration and crushing and, and all of that pressure put on us actually can make something look more like Christ in the midst of it because it's very easy for me to look like Jesus in my life when nothing's going wrong in my life. Yeah. But when craps hit the fan and I can still represent Christ with everything that I'm going through, then it changes everything. Last, I'll make a, just share a short story and I'll stop here. But um, we were at uh, a Christian conference uh, a few years ago. And when we were at this Christian conference, I had just broken up with my fiance at the time. Uh, her kid called me dad. I mean, we were super close. We were just uh, months away from getting married and stuff. And we brought a friend of Dylan's, actually, who was really struggling uh, I don't even know if he would have considered himself a Christian at this time, and he came with us. Well, anyways, one of the people with us let him know, hey, I don't know if you know this, but Cody just broke up with his fiance, And the gentleman did not believe it. He said, no, he didn't. He said, no, I see how Cody's acting. There's no way that could have happened to him. And again, it's not a brag on me, but it's a brag on Jesus to say, the fact that he is where my joy is found out and not my circumstances at the time brought this man so much conviction because he couldn't believe how consistent a human being could be in the midst of extremely inconsistent circumstances. And again, that's where it's important to have, applicably, have this trust in God that no matter what's going on in my life right now, I'm going to trust God that he is going to work all things together for the good of those who love him. Amen, amen. And one other thing, and we'll start to wrap this up. Um, When we're talking about faith, uh, especially in the salvation aspect of faith, you know, having faith in God, trusting in trusting what the sacrifice that Jesus has made. Um, one of the arguments that you hear a lot are this concept of like, 
faith and works because people are like, well, you like how how are you going to tell me that I need to trust him, but I'm also supposed to do other things? Like how how do how do, how do those things not save me? Well, um, let's read James chapter two verse fourteen through eighteen, which says, "What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but he has no works? Can that faith save him?" If a brother or a sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to him, Go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. It's important to understand that works do not save you. There is nothing that we can do to earn our way into heaven. Nothing. That's why we have to put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. But if you if you want to know if you've got enough faith to make it to heaven, look at your life and 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 see do you have works flowing from your faith? Now let let's let's get something straight here. It's not doing works. Because if you're if you're just intentionally going out here and trying to do works to make yourself look like you have faith, that's not what we're talking about here. Your faith should be in such a way that works flow from it, and it will be proof and a testament to your salvation. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a really big argument, and I, I attend this uh, church called Pierce Point Community Church, uh, where I where I I'm blessed to be a leader, and. Uh, the one of the elders and pastors there gave this really great example of this concept of faith and works and being saved by your faith and not your works. So follow me here. So say you're drowning in the ocean, right? You're about to die. You're you know your hands up in the air. You're about to you know go under for the very last time. And this boat comes by and they throw you a life preserver. Okay, so you grab a hold of that life preserver with everything that you have. Did you save yourself? Absolutely not. You just trusted in the thing that somebody provided you to be saved. You didn't save yourself. You just grasped upon the thing that was already offered to you. In the same way as Christians, our works do not save us. Jesus and his sacrifice and the the way that he's made for us to come into a relationship with him, that saves us and we cling to that with everything that we have. The only only work that we have is clinging and trusting in that because he took care of everything else. I'll even uh, clean the, clear that up a little bit more is to say, um, he said we, we grasp onto it with everything that we have. Um, God provided us with the the safety, what was it? Uh, Safe, uh, life preserver. Life preserver. Yeah. Providing us with a life preserver, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so we need to grasp onto Jesus Christ with everything that we have in order to be saved. And regarding that, and he hit on this, uh, and his, he's got a YouTube channel as well, and we, we mentioned this on a video that we just did for that. Um, you know what's really hard to do when you've got your hands filled with things of the world? Grab onto anything else. So if we're going to grab onto this life preserver, we have to first make sure that our, that we can we can we're not bogged down by the things of this world, especially as believers. You know, it's not this thing. It, you don't just wake up one day and go, "I'm going to put my faith in Jesus," and like, and that's it. This is a constant thing. We're constantly waking up and and deciding again, I'm going to continue to have faith in him. I'm going to continue to trust him. In the same way, it will become increasingly more and more difficult to continue to grab a hold of him, which is he is your life preserver. If you've bogged down with the things of the world and you've got all these things of the world in your hands and 
Right. You're not going to be able to grab onto anything, especially the Lord. Right. I would even add to that and say, not only do you need to empty out your hands, but you probably need to get rid of the things that are weighing you down. Like if you're sinking and you have you have metal in your pockets or rocks in your pockets or whatever, you need to get rid of those rocks in your pockets. And those could be like the worries of the world, stuff like that, that, that are weighing you down. So not only do you empty your hands, but take off the weights that are hanging. And the you. great thing is, is that's not something you do on your own. We're not right. telling you that this is something you have to do by yourself. The Lord sends a helper for that. Yeah, amen. His, his name's Holy Spirit. And he sends a helper to allow us to shrug off these worries of the world and, and trust in him. It's not like, don't don't think that we're saying you've got to clean yourself up before you come to the Lord. That's not the case at all. But once you cling to him, continue to trust him, continue to diligently seek him, and these things will start to fall away, and you'll be able to grasp him more and more tightly until one day you're face-to-face with him. Yeah, amen. Um, I, I, hopefully that gives you a... a better understanding of this faith that we talk about all the time because if you don't understand this concept of faith it's it's really hard to to walk this walk because without faith i'd be i'd be in trouble mm-hmm. um as always jesus agape is you we, we agape, agape you, you. See, see you next time